We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. NLB Podcast Wednesday edition. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I'm joined once again by John McKechnie, who worked with me on baseball and football podcasts all throughout last season. Our plan is to go through each position, highlighting various players in different price ranges who could be great plays in today's games on FanDuel. Before we get going, I'll invite you to follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22, and you can follow John, a great follow, at Johnny McKex. Well, John, one of us is much happier uh, with their favorite team than the other guy. If we look at the standings today, your O's are sitting in first place with an 8-4 and four record. I've seen enough of them in the early going in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. They've taken our Jays to task and gotten some measure of revenge for that wild card game. And my Blue Jays are a miserable 2-11. and 11. That's three games behind anybody else in the major leagues. I'm stunned by how, at how bad the Toronto club has looked so early on. And I think they're in big trouble. Uh, what say you from a distance? Well, I think, you know, Donaldson uh, getting injured, you know, the obviously aggravation of the, of the calf injury, that's always a concern. Uh, you know, you worry about, you know, muscle t- tissue injuries like that kind of like lingering throughout the year. So that obviously doesn't help. Uh, Morales has been fine, but, you know, he's still not quite, you know, the Encarnacion replacement that you would have hoped for. Uh, it seems also like the bullpen has been uh, shaky at best. What's your read on that? Well, I agree with you. They just don't seem to have uh, have it going in the middle of relief to bridge from the starting pitching, which the starting pitchers has been, haven't been too badly, really, really, except for tonight's starter who got shelled uh, in his uh, first start of the season. Liriano got right. a third of an inning. But beyond that, uh, they've given some decent performances there. It's just the middle of the bullpen. And, and then, of course, Osuna came on uh, after a 10-day stint on the DL. So really some question marks there, too. But, uh, John, I'm a little concerned. I don't see uh, anything uh, 
in Jose Bautista's offensive game to tell me that he's ready to, to put a bad uh, 2016 season behind him. And, and we might be seeing the end of the line for one of the guys who was famously quoted uh, by your general manager that your fan base didn't want to have any part of him <laughs> in, in free it's agency. True. And they're looking good right now for that call. So uh, at the, top, at the uh, top of the division, we find your club. And they also have a bit of an injury issue with uh, their closer who was on the precipice of a historic uh, save streak record. Right. Yeah. He, you know, he's got, he's dealing with the forearm strain, but luckily he kind of made it sound like, uh, it, it's more closer to his wrist than his elbow, which obviously kind of alleviates some of like the stress about it, but, uh, he's, he's not supposed to go for an MRI or anything like that. So hopefully Britain gets back on the Hill after, after the te- 10 days, but you know, I'd be fine with the Orioles, uh, keeping with Brock and uh, O'Day for as long as Britain needs to be back at full health. Cause you don't want to like push back you know, have him push uh, an elbow injury and, you know, something something worse happens. John, I want to talk about the Donaldson situation and not really singling him out, but there's a number of players who ended last season with bumps and bruises. And then you find that over the offseason, you would have liked to think that they would have rehabbed and, and been in fine shape. Uh, there's two ways to look at this situation. Either he was having a little too much fun or he's just uh, built like a racehorse and the, the muscles are so tight and, and uh, he's so fit that, that the slightest thing that goes awry can really manifest itself into a, a new problem. So I don't know how to read this, this situation, not only with Donaldson, but some of the guys that end one season injured and then they, they go through a summer. You see them in, in uh, social media doing this. They're golfing. They're scuba diving. They're this and that. They're very active. Mm-hmm. And then they start the season, and then two games in, they're on the DL. I, I don't like the optics. <laughs> no, it's not a great look. I think you bring up a, an interesting point there, but it seems like Donaldson's really dedicated to his craft. Yeah. So I think it, this this might be a, a string of bad luck uh, that he's kind of run into. But I think uh, you a case can definitely be made for what you're saying, uh, you know, when it comes to some other players and, you know, coming out, they're supposed to be, you know, fully ready to go for the season. And, you know, they, they're a few days later, they're already on the shelf. Well, it, maybe it's a case of these guys not carrying a lot of, enough fat. And I could, I could certainly help them out in that regard. I'm willing to donate some <laughs> to, to offset the muscles. So, so, I mean, I have some to give. I, I'm not saying I'm a... I'm a a slob, but uh, no, maybe I no, should put, put a picture on sl- sl- social media to defend myself a little bit. But you get the point, John. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right. Why don't we go through the uh, the starting pitching uh, matchups and, and the lines uh, that are available for today's games, John? You start us off with the 7 o'clock games. All right. We're going to move past the, the early games here, get us started with these 7 o'clock ones. We got the White Sox with Dylan Covey making one of his first starts of the season, going against uh, Masahiro Tanaka, Yankees minus 205 favorites in the over-under set at eight runs. Uh, that's a 7.05 start. Then we got the Red Sox versus the Blue Jays, your Blue Jays. We got Rick Porcello. Uh, Red Sox are slight road favorites, minus 105 with an 8.5 over-under. That's a 7.07 start. Heading down to Tampa Bay, the Rays and Chris Archer are hosting Jordan Zimmerman and the Tigers. The Rays minus 165 on the money line. Seven and a half runs is the over-under there. Then heading out to Great American Ballpark. Uh, last night, obviously, a pretty crazy game for, for the Reds and Bronson Arroyo kind of shutting down the Orioles. Uh, and we got Ubaldo Jimenez going against Amir Garrett. Orioles slight road favorites at minus 115 over under set at nine and a half. So I think there's going to be a lot of DFS interest in that game. Then we got the Phillies with Vince Velasquez taking the mound against the Mets and uh, Robert Gesellman. Uh, that's a 
Mets are minus 123 favorites in that one. Seven and a half is your money line. And then we have the Nationals with Joe Ross making his season debut, going down to Atlanta to face Julio Tehran. There is no line on this one at this time. All right, John, and I'll take us through the remaining games, beginning with an 8-10 start in Houston, where the visitors are the Angels. Ramirez versus Keuchel is your pitching matchup. The money line favoring the home side with a minus 174. The over-under set at 8.5. Then we got the Indians and uh, Bauer. Uh, they're the road favorite at minus 130, and the over-under set at 9 uh, against Minnesota, and Mejia is the starting pitcher there. Then we've got uh, one of the premier starting pitchers on the mound uh, tonight, uh, Madison Bumgarner and the Giants, where the Giants are a minus 133 road favorite. The over-under set at 7.5 against Vargas and the Kansas City Royals at 8.15. Then we got the Rockies and uh, Anderson against the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw, where the, this is the biggest line of the night, favoring the Dodgers, and I guess it has a lot to do with the starting pitching mismatch there Absolutely. that's perceived. And the over-under is a very low six runs in that game, too, so not expecting much offense, but I'll make a case for a few guys on the Rockies to change that, I think, when I get into my position p- picks. And then finally, Zach Greinke and the Diamondbacks uh, with a minus 127 road favorite. The over-under set at 7.5 against San Diego and Chasin is their starting pitcher for that 10-10 start. All right, John, uh, we, we, I implied that there's two premier uh, pitching options on the top of the board, and I'm going to ask you right up front uh, as we take a look at the the FanDuel prices for Clayton Kershaw and Madison Baumgartner as the exclusive premium options. Are you playing or fading these guys, John? I think Kershaw, that price tag is expensive enough to where I think you could actually separate yourself a little bit in GPPs by using him. I I don't think that uh, we're going to see as high of an ownership percentage as we're used to seeing. I still would imagine he'll be over 20% in, mo- in most GPP formats, but you know he's obviously a guy that's worth it. It really does put a strain on your salary cap, uh, so you do have to get creative with some of your value plays as far as your bats are concerned. If you're using a guy that's almost 13,000, you know that, that's such a huge portion of your salary cap. And I think you could definitely make a case to downshift 1,800. So you're almost saving two grand by playing Bumgarner, who's you know I don't think he. He's two grand uh, less valuable than, than a guy like Kershaw going against the Rockies. I think that Bumgarner on the road against Kansas City, I think that they both make sense in, in this case. Uh, obviously, you just have to get more creative uh, with Kershaw, it, you know, with the rest of your lineup if you're going to pay up 13000 almost. Yeah, John, as tempting as it is to get try and squeeze one of these two guys in, maybe you, you work backwards and you f- start from the catcher and go through the position players, see what kind of room you have before you decide on whether to play or fade these guys. Yeah, you can. I, I found some cheap value along the, along the way that might make it work, but... Uh, awfully tough to do so and then really there are some other quasi premium options like Granke, Keichel and Archer in the next range along with Porcello and Tanaka and on down through the 8,000s why don't we take a look at that group and see if we can steer our listeners that way away from the top two options and provide a good case for some of these guys so 8,000 and up we're looking up to all the way up to Granke. Well, I think Tehran is an interesting play because he, you know, he's been he's off to such a strong start to the year, and I think we could see, you know, something that's almost unheard of when when Tehran pitches. He might get some run support tonight because Joe Ross, what do you, like we don't we just don't know what we're going to get out of him in his first start back of the season. So, you know, as opposed to usually when we see Tehran 
throwing, you know, six innings of one run ball, but you still worry about him getting the no decision or taking the loss just because the Braves can't push any runs across. I don't necessarily think that that's the case uh, this time around. So I think Tehran is definitely an interesting uh, choice if you want to if you want to drop down below that Keuchel, Archer, Porcello tier uh, and, and Grinky as well. But uh I think you might have a bit of a lean towards Chris Archer tonight. Do you want to get into that? Yeah, I do. I, he's looking like the Chris Archer of a couple of years ago based on the early starts. And I like I like a bit of a lopsided matchup here with Zimmerman on the other side of the coin. He's he's prone to give up the long ball. And uh, it's in Tampa, a pretty easy park to hit the ball out. So uh, I like the chances for Archer in his home park to get a W in that matchup tonight. And uh, and I'm leaning heavily in that regard. So uh, that's where I make the case. He's almost he's a thirty six hundred dollars less than Clayton Kershaw. He's going to give you strikeouts. He's he's a guy who uh, is averaging close to one strikeout per inning. He if he gets the decision, piles up the K's and get uh, and uh, hangs around long enough, you get the quality start. Could be a bonanza there for for that matchup. And there are other guys you can make the case for. Uh, Rick Porcello certainly against the the, the anemic. Blue Jay offense. Uh, this guy's coming off a Cy Young award-winning year. The uh, the club uh, it hits a ton in front of him, and the the Red Sox. Uh, if there's a park that they like almost as much as Fenway Park, it's Toronto. It seems they really beat the drum when they when they come mm-hmm. here, and and uh, it's a real merry-go-round on the bases for both sides, just as it was last night in that eight-seven uh, slugfest. So I expect more of the same, and maybe uh, Porcello receipts for the win there, just because he hangs around a little longer and uh, and. Gets gets the, the innings under his belt. I don't see him getting the, the strikeouts, though, in that one. That's why I'm a little less enthused. Masahiro Tanaka, another guy who is the ace of the Yankees staff against a, a pretty pop-gun-type offense in Chicago. That's another one yep. that, that looks pretty good to me, John. So there's some attractive options in addition to Tehran that you mentioned in this range, certainly, that we can pick and choose from. Uh, I also I already slagged Jordan Zimmerman a little bit, but why don't we take a look at some of the other guys in the 7,000 range, John? Uh, Trevor Bauer up to Zimmerman. You want to make a case for any of these guys, or are you fading this group? Boy, this is a, this is a kind of a tough group to really buy in on. I think Amir Garrett might be the the one sort of wild card of this group. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm not really touching Joe Ross. Uh, just too too worried about making that that debut there. Uh, uh, Gaselman somewhat interesting because he's at home you know home ballpark that that obviously helps matters and he's going against the Phillies offense that it you know it it can it can you know certainly take a night off here and there and Gasolman uh not off to a great start this season and he's a really trendy pick kind of coming into the year so I think there could be some room for for uh, a lower ownership uh than we would have seen a week or two ago on him so for for a tournament consideration he might be worth it but uh, generally that this group below like below Vargas at 8200 it's hard for me to make a very strong case for any one any one of these guys they all seem like pretty uh major liabilities for the most part yeah I would agree with you I'm uh, the only one that might be intriguing to me is Trevor Bauer but that's just simply on the case that uh the Cleveland out slugs Minnesota I love that Cleveland offense and uh, you already mentioned Edwin Encarnacion not off to the greatest start there but it's a pretty deep group and and uh he, if he survives uh, five innings, he could be uh, presented with quite a quite a handful of runs too. So uh, there's exactly. a guy that could be receding for the win, uh, not solely based on his performance, but just on the supporting cast. So that's one way to look at uh, finding some value, I guess, in this group, John. And and beyond that, you know, you really can't can't make a case for some of the guys at the low end either, for the same reasons you mentioned. It's just an uninspiring group. I think the real value here, as uh, we touched on, is say something between the 7,600 and the 9,000 range, where yes. you see. 
Chris Archer. So uh, that's where I would, I'm going to find my groove in terms of the starting pitching for tonight. Why don't we take a look then uh, at the catching position next, John, and uh, lead us through, uh, well, the premium group contains four batters here. we got Posey, Sanchez, Darno, and McCann. Well, uh, Sanchez is still out, uh, right. unfortunately, and you know Posey. He came back last night from the, from his stint on the on the concussion list. Uh, I didn't see this one particular at bat, but I did see a baseball writer tweet out like that that Posey had one of just one of the worst at bats he has ever seen from from a player of of Buster Posey's caliber. So maybe he's still kind of sh- shaking off the rust after you know that scary incident uh, against the Diamondbacks last week. So I, I'm not ready to to get back. Uh, with Buster Posey here at 3,900, that's you know that's so much more expensive than anyone else in the in this position group. Uh, Darno case could certainly be made for, and then uh, McCann. Uh, anytime he's going against a righty, he has to at least uh, warrant some consideration. And you know you're getting arguably the second best catcher in this uh, in the slate here, and you're only paying 3,000 for him. So I think uh, McCann would make a lot of sense for tonight uh, from this group. Yeah, I love that call, John. In fact, he's going to creep into my lineup. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, leak that information right now. You probably would have grabbed him if I didn't pick first. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, his name leaps off the page. You mentioned the matchup favoring him tonight, so I love that call in this group. If we go down to, into the next tier, the 2900s, we got Tyler Flowers looking like a hamstring uh, is maybe going to prevent him from showing up tonight. Matt mm-hmm. Wieters and his new digs in Washington takes on Atlanta. That could be an interesting matchup on the road in that band box uh, so what say you about the top half of say let this group down to 2600 let's go down to there uh i would weeders just doesn't have the offensive ceiling that that i would that i'm really looking for here I'm, you know i think he could he could potentially get on base a couple times but this is a pretty tough matchup so i, I think that there are other matchups uh to take advantage here from the catcher group i think wellington castillo yeah. going against a lefty amir garrett i think he makes some sense there at, at checking in at just 2800 uh but i'd say like my favorite uh, from from this little group is probably victor martinez he's he's scoring up the ball well his um, his batting average is, is down to just 205, I believe, but he's 10th in the majors in terms of hard hit percentage. And his, his batting average on balls and play is 257, which, as you know, is below is a below average mark. It's kind of suggests that he's running into some bad luck. So I'm, I'm looking for even with that tough matchup against a guy yeah. like Chris Archer. Um, I think that those hard hit. Uh, balls, you know, he's squaring up well enough to where they're going to start to fall in just, you know, re- progression to the mean, if you will. So I, I think that V-Mart makes some sense here at, at just 2,600, even with that tough matchup. And I'm going to give a nod to Christian Vasquez in that matchup against Toronto. Uh, he's facing the left-hander in Francisco Liriano. And uh, I, I wonder if he can take advantage of that. Uh, certainly off to a good start so far this season. And he's got the benefit of the righty-lefty matchup in the in that Boston offense. And uh, the Jays have been burned by the bottom of the order, it seems, in so many of their games. Well, top and bottom of the order. But the bottom of the order has really impacted them quite regularly. So Christian Vasquez will be in that group. And uh, he's well protected around there. So it might be Absolutely. making some sense at 2600 bucks. And uh, another guy I like, always a favorite, is Sal Perez uh, in the middle of a productive uh, Kansas City order. I I like, he's a guy that normally fits in to a more productive part of the batting order. And that's a key consideration when you're playing FanDuel. And they give out tips regularly, John, that I look at. And uh, anywhere from three to six in the batting order, that seems to be the most productive spots in FanDuel play. So I I think Salvador Perez finds himself there in that matchup tonight, although he gets Madison Baumgartner. And it could be a bit of a toughy matchup but again benefiting from the righty lefty thing 
Yeah, and I think that the, the price sort of reflects, uh, you know, that that it is a tough matchup. But you know, Perez is a, is a professional hitter, and right. you know he's going to be hitting, like you said, in the in that sweet spot of the lineup. So uh, you're kind of getting him at a discount. Obviously, there there is the risk of, of of a goose egg, just because not because of him, it's because he's going against a guy like Madison Bumgarner. But uh, I think he's he's definitely worth a flyer because he's so far down the list in terms of price compared to uh, some of his fellow position mates. John, before we go on to other positions, I'm going to remind people that uh, FanDuel is back. Uh, baseball fans, the wait's over, as we know. Baseball's back, which means FanDuel is back, and it's better than ever. FanDuel, where fantasy baseball is there for everyday fans. There's new contests starting every day. There's no busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and compete against other fans. And there's new stuff this year that they've added to make it even better. There's late swap contests. You can edit your players right up to the start time of their individual games. There's no more worrying about a late lineup scratch or a sudden storm. Non-late swap contests are still available too, and uh, they've added quality starts to uh, update the scoring uh, on FanDuel. They are added so your pitchers will have more control over their own performance, and they get a bigger impact on your uh, final total as well if they go along into the games. Uh, they have a friends mode, and John, we got to get on this, uh, where we create a league for our friends at Rotowire. Choose the days that we play each week. There's contests that will be created automatically. What I love too, it's got a leaderboard function that'll keep track of how well yes. we stack up against one another. So I I can't wait to see if we can pull that off and have some fun with that. Uh, other than that, John, you having fun with the baseball experience at FanDuel already this year? Absolutely. You know, I'm enjoying that Roto-Wire contest that we've been doing every Wednesday uh, to start the season. Uh, really enjoying that. I've, I haven't quite gotten up to the to the top of the uh, leaderboard in that regard yet, but I'm working on it. And I had a pretty good uh, night last night. Used a lot of reds, and uh, that worked out extremely well. Joey Votto, Adam Duvall. Uh, all crushing it against uh, my Orioles, unfortunately. But, I mean, I guess if, if the Orioles are going to take the loss like that, I might as well kind of make some money off of it. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, it one, one could, could be worse. One way yeah, the emotional the hedge, as they call it. Exactly so. right. <laughs> uh, we remind our listeners to have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer. FanDuel be sports rich, folks. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. In fact, there's a special offer for new users where you deposit today and you get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus five free entries. That's up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. Of course, we don't just do baseball. So have a look at FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash RW. All right, John, we're going to go around the infield now. Let's take it over to the first base spot and uh, take a look at the top guys there uh, at that position, beginning with Freddie Freeman and uh, Paul Goldschmidt and uh, Miguel Cabrera, the 4,000-plus club, I'll call it today, made up of three names. Uh, Are you favoring any one of the three over the others? And this is this is an interesting list. I mean, you you don't always see Fre- Freeman, uh, you know, not only being the the most expensive first baseman on the board, but you know, sitting at at a price tag that we're used to seeing only a few a few players like Paul Goldschmidt uh, reach, like the forty five hundred uh, mark. You don't really see that from Freeman too much, but kind of seems like Fanduel is almost. Uh, daring daring us to use him against a guy in joe ross who like a, like we've mentioned uh is going to be making his first start of the year so i'm i'm intrigued by by freeman the most of this group obviously he's he's really really expensive at 4500 but uh you know goldschmidt obviously he's he's a guy that that's safe against the padres he you know he's always uh consistently uh, producing looks like Miguel Cabrera's back tightness uh, is behind him. I think he homered last night, if I remember correctly. Yes, he did. So um, he's al- he's always a-, a fine play. But at four thousand, 
he's he's probably has the toughest pitching matchup of this tier so i'm probably going to have the least exposure to cabrera i will if i'm paying up at first base i'm probably leaning towards freeman tonight i'm going to say i'm going to lean goldschmidt just simply because i love the history between him and the starting pitchers uh, when they're favorable and tonight he has a favorable uh, ledger against julius chachin although it's a limited ledger ledger only 13 at bats but he's driven in six runs only struck out twice so the ball has been in play more often than not and he's uh, got an ops over one uh, those are all positive indicators uh, regardless of how big the sample size is i mean if yes. it was one game i wouldn't i wouldn't look at it but this is like three separate outings and uh, we're talking about america's first baseman aren't we <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah captain america pretty much that's it so uh, anyway if you uh, fade this group there's still plenty of great options there's a handful let's go down to thirty four hundred dollars there's about six guys in there we talked about encarnacion a little bit slum- starting out slowly but at the top of this group we got another canadian born player in joey Votto, another professional hitter uh, against your club uh, what say you about the 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 batters in this uh, area yeah i'm i'm gonna have a lot of joey Votto yeah. uh, this evening i mean uh you know he's he's going against a guy in ubaldo who's about as meltdown prone as, <laughs> as any veteran pitcher as, as you're gonna see in baseball um and obviously playing at great american ballpark that only exacerbates that issue i think so i think we're gonna see Votto. uh i think he could easily get get over the 20 point threshold and, and he can do it in a variety of ways he doesn't have to homer like he's not uh, restricted to just power he can he can lace a double i think guys are going to be on base in front of him so i think vado is going to have an easy time uh hitting value for for you tonight if you if you pay up for him at 3800 and i think mitch moreland is kind of interesting although he is facing a lefty as a left-handed batter so uh you'll have to kind of make sure that he is in the lineup but he's swinging the bat so well right now he's you know he's hitting uh 358 he's just he's seeing everything he's hitting a ton of doubles uh so i think he's a guy to to look out for if he if he slides into a uh, preferable part of the order uh he was some he's someone that i would definitely consider based on kind of how he's gotten off to a hot start yeah, I'll add the, add the fact that the, he is uh, Votto has a five fifteen for fifteen ledger against Jimenez, including a long ball. That that makes me look at him twice and say maybe maybe I throw him in there. But another guy in this group is Carlos Santana. He's got six hits in his last four games, including a couple of multi-hit efforts and a, a mitt full of RBIs, five it looks like. And again, uh, not striking out too much, so putting the ball in play. And uh, I like that a guy's getting hits and uh, putting the ball in play. He's not not, to, not off to a great start batting average wise, but uh, wielding the hot stick of late so there's my endorsement of two guys in this group for our listeners uh, we take it down a notch and we look at Hanley Ramirez against Toronto and Edwin Encarnacion against Minnesota two pretty good options and then your guy Chris Davis always a threat to go deep uh, Trey Mancini off to a fine start uh, what, what say you about this group here above the 3,000 mark below 3,500 uh, I think Hanley Hanley makes sense tonight against Liriano. Obviously, drawing this the lefty righty split, and so does Mancini. I, I don't yeah. trust Chris da- Chris Davis is making better contact than than we've seen in recent years uh, to start this season. Uh, but against a left hander, I'm going to give a lean uh, to Mancini. Get the right handed bat in there. He's obviously going to be hitting uh, probably closer to the bottom third of the order, unfortunately. Uh, but at the same time, I I think that uh, just the way that he's been playing, you know, he. Has set, or he has two multi home run games so far to start the season. I think you know, like I mentioned, this game is going to have a lot of runs in it. Uh, there's a reason why I think it's the highest uh, over under on the board tonight, and I think Mancini 
could certainly be a reason as to as to why the score is jumping off the page yeah you got to be excited about this guy and his last four starts he's collected seven hits and four home runs really uh, mm-hmm. uh, got the pundits excited it could be could be a strong addition to an already deep batting order i mean you almost got a problem of where to put this guy uh, at some point exactly with all, with all the options you must have you're, you're rubbing your hands in glee over there i can tell i can I'm tell. pumped <laughs> and uh, any other value plays maybe a tournament player two below the three thousand threshold we got the likes of jose abreu who i really like uh he's a he's a professional hitter this guy to use your words Kendris morales one of the one of the big bats he's he's shown some power with the blue jays and uh, porcello uh, might be susceptible here in terms of the lefty righty matchup uh, so I'll, I'll throw those two names out in the 2900 dollars range uh, anybody else uh, tickle your fancy here Let's see. I, I think I, I like Greg Bird going again against Covey. You know, I think we're all just kind of waiting on Greg Bird uh, to break out. He's off to a really kind of a harsh start this year. He's hitting only 121. He's only gone deep once, you know, after having such a tremendous spring that kind of had him just just exploding up draft boards uh really had to go and uh pay a lot for him if you had him in an auction uh so he draws a matchup against covey that i think it has to be about as favorable as what bird is going to be seeing this year so provided that he gets a start maybe tonight would be the night that he starts to break out and you just have to go 2700 for him and then also from this group i would probably avoid brandon belt going against a lefty yeah, and I'm going to add the name of Adrian Gonzalez. He's on a bit of a hit streak most recently, and and I, I think at, at $2,600, I'll take a shot on him. Uh, he's also going to be in support of one of the best pitchers in baseball. So I think the the, the I, I'd like to think the Dodgers get up a little bit more when they're faced they're playing behind the best pitcher in baseball. I'll say, and mm-hmm. uh, Gonzalez uh, and company could take advantage of what I think is a pretty favorable matchup in terms of the pitching uh, in that game as well. So making a case for a veteran who I lean on a lot and surprised to find him this low on the totem pole, com- considering he's put the bat on the ball with regularity to start the season anyway. At the second base position, we've got Jose Altuve all alone at 4200 bucks. Uh, John, when there's a guy this far ahead of the pack, I, I'll ask you straight out, uh, player fade, make the case for him, or do we find value elsewhere? Uh, I'm probably going to fade Altuve uh, in in this case. It's not that he has a bad matchup or anything, but 4200 is just more, that, more than I'm willing to pay for at, at second base. I think you can drop down... Uh, 500 bucks and go get Brian Dozier and get very similar production that, you know, they're only averaging 0.1 points different from each other this year. So you're pretty much getting the same amount of production out of Dozier as you are as Altuve, but you're saving 500 bucks and Dozier has been getting the green light on the base paths this year. So that's, that's always kind of a, it's not like Jose Altuve doesn't steal bases in his own right, but you're getting a more of a power speed combo from Dozier at this time. Uh, so I, I would give him the lean, uh, among this among this upper tier also like Daniel Murphy you gotta love Daniel Murphy but uh, don't love the matchup as much as, as you would some of these other top top flight guys and then Cesar Hernandez actually uh, he's been, yeah he's just been ripping it up so he, he gets arguably uh, the most vulnerable of the of the Mets starting pitchers and Gesellman uh, so maybe maybe we see Cesar Hernandez uh, take advantage of that at 3500 I think he's an interesting name from this group but my favorite would be Dozier for this night. Yeah, I'm going to say you touched on my favorite is Hernandez. He's he's uh, averaged two hits a game his last five starts. Power and speed uh, as well uh, in the combination that you implied with other other players you've highlighted right here. This guy's productive right now and a switch hitter, so he's going to get the favorable matchup no matter what 
they throw at them uh, earlier or late in the game tonight. And you mentioned it's going to be a favorable matchup this evening with the softy on the on the other side of the mound to begin mm-hmm. things. So I love that call, and uh, he's he's definitely the standout for me. But if we go a little bit lower, John. Uh, the name that I'm leaning on is in the next group from 3000 up to $3,400. $3,400, we see a day-to-day note, a toe injury for Logan Forsythe. So yep. I will inc- avoid him and I urge you, to, you all to do so as well. But what say you about this group of five uh, from 3000 to 3100 uh, there, there, there's some tricky names in here. You know, you do, I'm not going to pay up 3,400 for for a guy like Brandon Phillips right now. I'm just not not completely sold on on his upside at, at this stage of his career. But I like Jose Peraza a lot at 3,100. You know, he's another he's another way to get some uh, Reds exposure against Ubaldo. So I mean, that's sort of the driving factor behind uh, my decision to to plug him in. Uh, he 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 got benched after a kind of a. Uh, a mini slump there, but he kind of got back uh, in the swing of things last night. He had a double, he had a stolen base. Um, so that, that's very solid production. I think he could, he could probably match that tonight going against Ubaldo. Yeah, and in this group, a guy that I'm concerned about as a Jays fan is Dustin Pedroia. He's 6 for 11 in 15 plate appearances. You can add three walks to that mix. So his numbers are off the charts against Liriano. And admittedly, a small sample size, but it is a dominant one. And uh, I, I, uh, I can also tell you firsthand that I've seen this guy have too many great games in Toronto. This smells like another opportunity there. So uh, for this price tag, I, uh, I'm all over this guy as, as a real good option. Uh, let's go to the bottom tier in this group, John. Uh, there's got to be some guys that might uh, intrigue us uh, under $3,000. Why don't you kick it off and try and highlight one or two? I think Starlin Castro would, would be my pick from, from this uh, sort of tier. You know, you're checking in at 2,800. Uh, he's hitting well over 300 against both righties and lefties tonight. And, you know, as I mentioned, he's he's got one of the best uh, matchups tonight. So I think the Yankees, aside from the Reds, are probably my favorite stack this evening, uh, just based on the pitching matchup uh, that, they're, that they're getting against, you know, a guy like Covey. Uh, you 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 can be a little bit concerned that there there's no book on Covey yet. You know he's only made the one start, but uh, I I just don't think that he has the electric stuff uh, that that you know someone like Amir Garrett and on the Reds that uh, is having some early season success does. So I think Castro draws a really favorable matchup here, uh, and I, I think that he'll definitely be able to outperform uh, even some of the guys that are that are seven. $800 more expensive than he is. Yeah, maybe your red stack might include Scooter Gannett, too. Uh, I hate to harp on this matchup, but you you are, too, against Yeah, Ubaldo. absolutely. Three homers, 10 <laughs> There's R- no defending him. Three homers, 10 RBIs for Gannett so far. You got the lefty-right matchup going. $2,800 seems low, given that all of that scenario. So uh, that's a pretty solid recommendation coming from me, I think, in this matchup tonight. All right, we'll move it over to third base, John, and we'll take it to the top of the board here. And at the top of this list, we see Justin Turner, we see Jake Lamb, and Manny Machado all tied at $3,900. What a, which one of these three guys are you favoring? I kind of have an idea. You might pick one of them. Well, I think I think Machado would probably be my, my pick from this Bingo. group. <laughs> yep, yep. So you, you knew that one. But um, uh, Turner, it, Turner is kind of an odd case where uh, he, he at least last year, and it's it's still early into this season, but he's got the, a bit of the reverse split thing where he hits righties better than he does hit lefties, and he's going to be facing a lefty yeah. tonight. And the, the Dodgers just tend to struggle against left-handed pitching, and, and teams are starting to kind of uh, – 
put as many lefties as they possibly can against him to kind of get them off of their rhythm. So uh, I think Turner is kind of one of the culprits uh, in that, in those struggles. So I'm, I would lane away from Turner if I'm, if I'm trying to pay for a, a more expensive third baseman. I think Lamb or Machado, you really can't go wrong either way. Yeah, Lamb, for his part, has hit in uh, nine of his last 10 games, so off to a great start. 14 ribbies already in the bank, and uh, Arizona's offense seems to be hitting on all cylinders of late, so I'm, I'm all over this one in terms of the top tier. That's the guy that I was leaning on, and I knew it would be different from the guy that you picked up front, so good that we mentioned two of them. Uh, next up, we got the 3,800 down to 3,500. We got names like uh, Ramirez Donaldson well Donaldson won't play Eugenio Suarez might not play either and he's day-to-day with a neck injury so it's Ramirez and then down to uh, Miguel Sano well let's take it down to 3,000 since there's only a few names here John yep uh, I like Nick Castellanos he he's another guy that just like uh, V-Mart obviously draws a tough matchup tonight against Archer but he's also near the top of the league's leaderboard in terms of hard hit percentage uh, so you know that he's squaring everything up right now and he, he's only at 3100 so I think that he he'll certainly uh, uh, be able to, to kind of hit value I'd see him uh, going for double digit points tonight even if it is against Archer and you know if the Tigers are kind of able to get into that Tampa Bay bullpen I think that that creates even better opportunities plus uh, the fact that Castellanos has been hitting I think second in the order for for most of the season if not all season uh, that's obviously uh, where you want to get somebody uh, into your lineup you want that top third so Castellanos uh, represents all those things that you're looking for as far as your third baseman. Yeah, and I'm going to counter with Nolan Arenado in this range. Look at the history he's had with Clayton Kershaw. There's not too many guys that have gone 12 for 36 against the the outstanding wow. lefty. Uh, two homers, four ribbies in that mix. Only five strikeouts. That's another thing that I look at when I see a significant sample size. How many times is the ball in play? Well, it's in play a lot here. And then we got a guy whose his OPS is almost at one in this matchup. So Arenado, and he's not the only one of the Rockies that has a decent mark against Kershaw so it could be a, a difficult night for him I know it's not in the band box in Colorado but uh, these guys seem to hit him everywhere so uh, uh, I'm intrigued by this matchup and I'm certainly not I'm going to be fading Kershaw obviously based on the numbers that I've unearthed but Arnold is a big reason why I, I'm doing so and in fact he's going to make his way into my lineup $3,300 you won't see that price yeah tonight. that is so cheap yeah. for Arenado. <laughs> yeah you won't see that on him too often this year and I think he pays you back handsomely given the history that he's enjoyed with uh, this matchup uh, we take it down below the 3000 mark and we got names like uh, adonis garcia yangerfi soldarte mike Mustakas, some recognizable ones Unal escobar who is uh, a pretty good hitter in his own right uh leading the pack in the sub 3000s do any of those guys intrigue you or are you going down the list a little further this is sort of a, a wonky tier. I mean, it's it's okay, but none of these guys are, are particularly exciting to me. I, I suppose Michael Franco at 3,000 uh, kind of fits the bill. Uh, Escobar, he's a guy that, that is always leading off, and he's got a guy in Mike Trout to sort of protect him down in the order a little bit there. So uh, those guys make some sense to me. Escobar uh, draws the matchup against Keuchel, so that's not as favorable. Uh, as as Michael Franco's, I think Franco uh, would would sort of get my 
my get the edge from me uh, from this tier because uh, Gesellman is is pitching for the Mets. So I think that uh, Franco has the pop to uh, to take advantage of that sort of matchup. And for me, you mentioned a guy with pop, the pa- Pablo Sandoval, hitting up a storm most recently. He's got hits in four of his last five games, including two home runs and five RBIs. Gets the benefit as a switch hitter of, against uh, with a with a hitting advantage against Liriano, who's been up and down for the Blue Jays, and uh, nothing's going right for Toronto. So I'm kind of thinking a Boston stack might be in order here, just because this team is hot and the Jays certainly are not. And uh, mm-hmm. so we make a case for a couple of stacks already in the program. John, let's go over to the shortstop position before we take it to the outfield. There's one guy above the 4,000 plateau. So again, is it a player fade on? Uh, Francisco Lindor it's it's one of those things where if you, if you have room then certainly go for it Lindor is, is about as reliable as a come he's averaging almost 16 points a game uh for, for FanDuel purposes I mean he 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 just offers such a high floor and a, and a pretty strong ceiling as well. He's just always able to to produce for you uh, anytime you get him into your lineup. Uh, and tonight he gets an inter- kind of an interesting matchup uh, against uh, Mejia. So he'll be facing a lefty. He doesn't hit lefties as well as he hits righties, I believe. But at the same time, uh, 4,100, he can do so much damage and, and he hits right in the, in the heart of that order. So if, if you do have a little bit of extra... Uh, salary, you know, you're you're not using your Kershaws or your Bumgarners, and you have the luxury of going for over four thousand at a position player. I think Lindor is certainly uh, worth your consideration. Yeah, he's an excellent table setter for the rest of that offense, and and when you're supported the way he is uh, in the middle of the order, it makes great sense to get him in whenever you can. Stands clear clearly is a great pick tonight ahead of the rest of the field trey turner you mentioned earlier, the tough matchup against Tehran. I'm I'm staying away from him just because of that that situation might be looking elsewhere in the plus three thirty five hundred range we got three other names one of them though carlos correa dealing with a hand injury so why don't you tell us what you think about the few guys between thirty five hundred and thirty seven hundred dollars here yes i'm gonna i'm gonna wait to wait and see on carlos correa not not just only waiting to see if if he gets back into the lineup but uh, i'd like to see him start hitting again before i before i'm ready to to start using him on FanDuel again, you know, he obviously took that pitch off the hand. It looked pretty painful. Um, so I, I'm off of him for the time being, uh, Seager, obviously you love the price tag here at 3,500. Yeah. Uh, that, that's something that you, you can always take notice of, but he is going against a lefty. Yeah. Like I mentioned, those Dodgers, those Dodgers lefties, it, it's just tough to use them. Uh, when, you know, once they're facing a Southpaw. So I, you you brought up the Red Sox. I'm definitely in with you on that one for for tonight. I think Bogart certainly fits the bill here. He's at 3,200. I think he's kind of a, one of the more surprising price tags that I see, at least from the from the shortstop position. I feel like he could certainly uh, be cl- much closer to the 35, 3,600 range. Uh, so I think you're getting a, a definite bargain on him. I imagine they'll pretty. Uh, high ownership rates and GPPs because of his price tag in in the matchup, but I think he'll he'll certainly uh, be worth it. Yeah, the one Blue Jay bat I'll be on in this game is in this range. That's Troy Tulowitzki. He's got hits in five straight games, including a couple of, of games where two, where he's got two hits as well. Porcello won't no hit this club. Somebody's going to get on base. I'm betting it's it's uh, our all-star caliber third baseman. Uh, he He's starting to show me what he was in Colorado, but he needs to pull up uh, the socks of some of his friends before I get too excited about this team. He's doing <laughs> what he can and uh, bat- battling with a hot stick, so I like that. Uh, to insert that in the matchup if I can tonight. 
Um, down to sub 3,000 in this group, we got a whole bunch of names, John, that people will recognize. Brandon Crawford uh, is one. Matt Duffy's a guy that I really like in Tampa in that matchup tonight. Uh, what about you? Didi Gregorius, uh, another name I'll throw out there too. Uh, J.J. Hardy, I think, is an is an interesting uh, case. He, he got off to a really slow start this year. He started to heat up over the weekend with a pair of uh, twenty point outings uh, on Fanduel, and he you know he draws a lefty righty matchup tonight, like we like we keep uh, drawing attention to. But he's at twenty six hundred. Uh, kind of hits in that in that towards the back end of this of the. Um, second third of the order uh there so you know there, there's some good pop uh surrounding him in that lineup so if he can get on base you know you you like his chances of of coming around to score uh what do you make of trevor's story at 2600 you know obviously it's it's the kershaw matchup so you understand him uh being uh, or having that price take a major major drop off here but do you think that this is this is one of those cases where he can take advantage of it you know what i do and it's funny you mentioned this in colorado because i'll tell you i looking at all the numbers that i see i think this is an offense that that has given kershaw trouble in the past and you can stack the make a case for stacking these guys it'd be a great tournament play i think and so trevor story could be a part of that mix obviously i, I erred in bringing up the uh, Yankees uh, short, shortstop, he's still out of the line of Gregorius. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, so you'll fade him for sure until further notice. But I, to back to the Colorado thing, I certainly think you can make a case for this as an excellent tournament play, John. And in one of the ga- team games that I set up, I'm going to go that route and uh, just to be that outlier and see if it does pay off like the numbers say they, they should. And I always believe the numbers don't lie. So uh, <laughs> it's worth a shot for me. Uh, outfield we're going to go and see there's um, five guys in the plus uh, 4,000 range and if you uh, use a couple of tournament type players that we've highlighted I think you can make a case for including a couple of these guys tonight John absolutely i mean springer everything off of his bat is is well over 100 miles an hour it yeah. seems like he's he's just absolutely squaring up everything cespedes as we know kind of famously went on one of his one of his you know just classic Jonas cespedes tears last week he, you know he hit five r- home runs in a span of two games or something like that uh just incredibly locked in uh, you don't want to like lean ex- explicitly on just the idea of someone being uh quote unquote locked in but i think you know cespedes when it's a guy like cespedes i think it, it, it makes sense uh, and then obviously you got your trouts and your harpers but that you know those are over 4500 so i'm probably not going to use harper with, with tehran going on the hill i could i could see keichel uh you know maybe having some struggles against mike trout i think you know you draw that you draw the lefty righty matchup you're paying almost five grand for mike trout though that's that's the one sort of area of concern for me so you really are going to have to to find some bargains elsewhere in your lineup if you want to get a guy like trout in there well, and I'm going to make a case for Harper in this range because I think the guy is looking like a more motivated version of himself, I'll say. The batting average uh, over 350. The power numbers are there. Uh, Lefty-righty right, matchup. It's a tough one, but uh, I, I think I can't fade him just because I think this is a guy who's got last year's stats somewhere on a bulletin board right near where he dresses every day and must be thinking there's no way I'm going to do that again and the early returns say that he's well on his way to to having a more Bryce Harper like type season so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll i love the call on george springer to me he's a guy that i'm definitely going to put in my uh, several of my lineups tonight so those are the two guys mookie Betts also scares me in that possible boston stack sure. if you can fit him in so really some great options you mentioned this but as you you can't go wrong in this group uh, if you can fit two of them, them in i any two of them uh, 
could work tonight as a pairing. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if you wanted to save money in this group, in this uh, position, obviously there's a wealth of options above the 3,500 mark. John, why don't you lead us in the discussion of that grouping? I think it, you know you can get some, some some of that exposure to the Orioles in in the Reds game yeah. uh, through th- by using this tier. You know, Adam Jones he he's been hitting. Uh, usually second or third in the order lately. So uh, if you wanted to, to get a Jones and Trumbo stack, you know, I know Chris Davis usually hits between them, but you know, there's still a chance that Jones gets on base. Trumbo brings him around that, that sort of thing. So 3,600 uh, for both of those guys, I think they make some sense if you wanted to go uh, with that middle tier uh, stack there. Um, I like AJ Pollock a lot. I like his upside. I like where he hits in the order. I love this matchup. Uh, I think that using the diamondbacks tonight is a smart move. If you, if I could maybe get like an AJ Pollock, Jake Lamb stack going, uh, I'm certainly going to entertain the idea of doing that. Uh, so there's a lot of, of really nice players in that $3,600 range. Yeah, you mentioned Adam Jones is the one that's, to me, the screaming hot value. He's got hits in all but one game so far this year, I believe. And so I love that consistency at the top of a potent Baltimore order that uh, has the, your club in first place, and it's on merit, and uh, it's mm-hmm. on the basis of this offense. So why wouldn't you go that route uh, is my is my uh, answer to your uh, your salvo in that direction uh, in the sub three three thousand five hundred range down to three thousand even John there's other names that might be worth a look Jacoby Ellsbury a table setter in New York Yessi right. Puig power guy against Colorado in that favorable matchup Andrew Benintendi uh, I'll say a bit of an enigmatic uh, guy in Boston they're expecting superstardom out of this guy and mm-hmm. uh what about the, any of these names? J.D. Martinez, another one against a tough matchup against Archer. What say you about this group? Uh, what what uh, names jump out? Well, with Puig, I was I was initially interested in getting him into my lineup because I saw you know he's going against a, a not so sharp left hander, uh, but I looked at. Uh, Puig's stats going against uh, Southpaws this year, and he struggles against them uh, to a much larger extent than he does against right-handers. He de- doesn't hit for power off lefties either, so that made me kind of remove Yasiel Puig from consideration uh, for tonight's game. I think Max Kepler is a guy that, that makes some sense for me here at 3,300, going against a guy in Trevor Bauer who's who's off to a bit of a shaky start this season. Um, Max Kepler has just been uh, solid all around. He's got 15 hits to start the year already. He's got five doubles, so uh, he's he's not only getting on base, but he's getting you uh, some some pretty good point outputs. Uh, and then I would probably lean away from Benintendi Ben just because it's a lefty lefty matchup. You know what, John? I mean, uh, if if there's one reason I'm anticipating Toronto's matchup against Boston, it's uh, the, ba- the battle between Jose Bautista and Rick Porcello. This is one of the more significant. Uh, batter versus pitcher uh, pools of data that we have on the board tonight and it's very favorable for, for the favorable for the Blue Jays uh, slugger he's uh, had 38 at bats 46 total appearances and he's got 16 hits and four homers in that span so if he's going to get off the schneid there's no better opportunity than facing Porcello tonight for for Joey Bats so this will be a telling matchup I'm going to give him one last chance tonight at this price tag and uh, if he if he fails tonight I don't know if we'll see him above this <laughs> threshold much longer longer the rest of the year because it'll be a telltale sign and you're right to smirk because i've seen nothing to say that it's going to happen but hey i'm betting on history here so that's why i bring his name up in the sub 3000 uh, range any tournament type plays that uh, you've unearthed 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Manuel Margot is an, is kind of an interesting one. He, you know, he's been hitting leadoff for the Padres, uh, so that's obviously uh, something that you that you look for. He checks in at just twenty nine hundred, going against Granky, who I don't think has looked as sharp to start this year as we've seen in years past. Uh, Steven Souza is a little bit interesting going against uh, Zimmerman. He's been seeing the ball well, uh, hitting well over three hundred, and he's got a pair of home runs thus far. Um, it, you know, it's a righty righty matchup, but I think he can he could take advantage of that to an extent extent here. Uh, those are those are the main guys. Obviously, uh, Conforto. Uh, sometimes he'll draw in against a righty. You know, the the Mets and Terry Collins will try to get as many left-handed bats in as possible. And I think that offense is struggling outside of Cespedes and Con- and uh, Conforto for the most part. So I could see Con- Conforto uh, getting back in there tonight, and I, I think he could take advantage of the matchup against Vince Velasquez. Uh, so at 2,700, I'd say that he's uh, one of my favorite players from from this sub. Uh, 3,000 uh, tier. And I'll add the name of Nori Aoki. He's got the favorable matchup. Uh, last couple of years, he's been a real on-base machine when he's had the matchup in his favor, such as it is tonight. So I'll throw his name in as another great value play in this group, John. I like that one. And uh, Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, and uh, I will go on to the next part of our show, John, and that's where we put our lineups to the test. Uh, based on what you see, what does your lineup look like in tonight's matchup? Uh, let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with with Vargas against the Giants. I think that that's a that's a way to get some you know to differentiate myself from some other lineups because I, I think generally people aren't going to be using or you know getting a lot of Vargas because he's facing against a guy like Bumgarner. But I think Vargas has been you know one of the better pitchers in baseball to start the year. Obviously, it's a small two start sample there, but he's you know he's been money. He's 50 points per start thus far. Uh, and, you know, I don't think that that Giants offense is overly imposing in my mind. So I, I don't think that, uh, you know, he's going to struggle too too much. And I think that, the you know, there's a possibility of the Royals scratch across a couple of runs that could do that could be just enough for Vargas to get the win. I think he's at least going to have a quality start. And obviously we get bonuses for that now. Exactly. So that's always something to consider. Uh, moving on to catcher, I have uh, Victor Martinez against Archer. Like I said, he's just hitting the ball really well, just kind of getting unlucky on that on that batting average on balls in play but i think he can get that thing turned around uh first base i'm going with trey mancini uh going against the lefty i think he's gonna hit probably fifth or sixth in the order probably sixth and i I think he's gonna be able to take advantage at great american ballpark second base uh starlin castro Uh, i like his matchup against covey third base castellano so i have a bit of a, a bit of a tiger stack actually uh interestingly enough and then uh bogarts is my shortstop uh, and following up in my outfield, I, I had you know some some extra room there uh, to to pay up a little bit just from using some cheaper options elsewhere. So I have Pollock, Trout, and uh, Max Kepler. All right, and I will counter with I start with Chris Archer. I made the case for him earlier, a batter, a pitcher who seems to have figured things out again, and really his his uh, start tells me he's off to uh, headed for a great year. I'll predict that. Uh, he knows what he's doing on the mound a strikeout and inning pitcher limits the hits and uh, I think the offense gets a favorable matchup against Zimmerman tonight so I think he has a great shot to receipt for the win and really that's what it's all about at the pitcher's position you made the case for me on catcher so I'm going to go with Brian McCann at three thousand dollars not too often you're going to find him this low in the price tag in the middle of a a great looking Houston offense at least on paper Uh, so I love that pick at the catcher position then I'm going to throw another Blue Jay name out at you Justin Smoke another 
another guy, one of the few guys uh, who has been hitting above his uh, pay grade, I'll say, mm-hmm. and he's priced at only 2300 bucks, and he has a great history against the opposing um, uh, hurler. So uh, those are all factors that make me lean in this direction. I won't call Smith Smoke's name too often, I promise you this year, <laughs> but this is one situation that I can't ignore. And in the same matchup, I made the case for Dustin Pedroia earlier, a Blue Jay killer. He's priced at $3,000. That's a low price tag considering the favorable righty-lefty matchup he's got. Then I'm going to go counterculture against Kershaw with with Nolan Arenado at, at the third base position, but I think I made a good case for him, John, based on the numbers Absolutely. that uh, that are there in the history between these two guys. So I'm quite positive about that one then uh, a little bit of a surprise uh, pick in terms of Eric Abar another guy who has a great uh, history against Greinke in terms of their face, uh, head-to-head matchups for $2,000 there's my value play of the day and he gives me great flexibility to really power up the offense in the outfield where I've got Harper Bautista and Springer all in there so I spent a lot of money in the outfield but it was thanks to fitting in a guy like Ibar at that shortstop position so that's my lineup and yours now you got to tell our listeners what did the what in the heck did the uh, rotowire optimizer spit out uh this was a bit of a head scratcher i thought uh, i think <laughs> you know if you if you're, if you're going into our optimizer today you might want to tweak a couple things around it's kind of um, a little counterintuitive in a couple spots but you know obviously uh kershaw number one player on the board so he's in there uh vmart at catcher uh brandon belt against Vargas, a left-hander, uh, just because they, they like uh, where he's hitting in the lineup and he's just 2,900. And then a, a, a pretty significant uh, Rocky stack here with LeMayhew, Arenado, and Trevor Story, all those guys you know, checking in at, at really nice values. You know, LeMayhew, 2,500, Trevor Story, 2,600. And obviously, as you mentioned, Arenado down to only 3,300. Uh, and then in the, in, the, uh, in the outfield, we got uh, Hunter Pence, Lorenzo Cain and Byron Buxton. I don't know if I trust Buxton these days. I'm still waiting for him to kind of get it figured out, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I mean, he's a, obviously a high upside guy, and at 2200 gives you uh, some serious uh, lineup flexibility. And, John, we can discuss what the optimizer spit up a little bit as we close things out. Uh, the lean uh, that you suggested in the direction that you highlighted is, is one way that you include a guy like Kershaw. So that's just an illustration of what it takes to include one of the premier right. guys on the board. It costs so much. You highlighted it right off the top. You know, if, if you go that route, you're going you're gonna to have to really hit some uh, long shots. And there are a few of them in here that almost make no, in, no sense intuitively. But that's the price you pay when you go mm-hmm. so heavily on, on that starting pitcher. So it's, it's, it's a great way to highlight uh, what you said right off the, the top of the show. Yep. So uh, any th- thoughts as we close things out for, for this week, John? Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm definitely excited for for uh, the Ubaldo show tonight. I think that's going to be uh, high comedy, if you will. Um, and I, I'd like to see uh, your Blue Jays start to get off the mat and start acting like the other Toronto sports teams that are you know doing well in the postseason. You know your your Maple Leafs and your Raptors, uh, both off to strong starts in the first first round of their respective playoffs uh, you know as a as a washington dc native i know tons of uh, capitals fans and they're all you know 
just dreading dreading how much this year looks exactly like they have every other year where they dominate the regular season then they just do not show up uh when the playoffs get started so let me hear let me say it's groundhog day for the capitals fans and boy going to the ballpark in toronto feels like groundhog day every day so far this season so (laughs) maybe that's an early season theme that we'd like to see shaken in one side but i'm quite happy with the way the leafs are are uh, sticking it sticking in with the caps in that series so a nod to the hockey club as we close out our show john there you have it uh, great great effort by you to highlight some some topical plays in FanDuel today i hope i've added a few myself i'll remind our listeners uh, there to li- to follow john mckechnie find him at at johnny mckex i'll spell it out it's j-o-h-n-n-y-m-c-k-e-c-h-s and you can follow me paul bruno at statsman22 and wish you good luck with all your FanDuel picks come back to listen to our podcast on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition So long, everybody.